Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Podcast with Parrot, the show that brings the cultures and languages of the Nigerian people to your keen and listening ears. On today's episode, we have a great person with us, someone we absolutely respect, a filmmaker with a particular bias for documentaries on the cultures and the people of Nigeria, especially the language-rich Middle Belt region. Today, we will be talking about the cultural diversity and languages in the Middle Belt, mostly referred to as the minority languages. But before we proceed, kindly introduce yourself to us, sir. Okay. Um, my name is Launa Yilwada, and I'm the founder of Sombi Africa. <clears throat> it's a platform that tells the African story, uh, you know, from the festivals, the traditional and uh, tourism heritage that we have so richly in um, the central part of Nigeria, commonly known as the Middle Belt. And it's a, such a cacophony of, you know, languages. It's, it's just so beautiful that we have uh, a lot of content to dish out from this region. And that is why we are doing all of these things. Okay, thank you very much. And Parod and Sombi Africa seems to be in sync because we, we seem to want to have the same end product we, we want to showcase the cultural practices and the languages yes. of our people so thank you for being with us so let's dive into the conversation proper can you briefly tell us what you know about the history of the people that are currently found in the middle belt today okay so um naturally i'm going to be a little bit biased <coughs> because of um, the tribe that i come from the Ngas people and I know very well that I come from, our tribe comes from the stock of the Kwarafa, you know, the Kwarafa stock as a classified language, you know, with Jukun people, with Gamay people, with, you know, Pan people, with Magavu people and all of those things. So our migration history is almost similar okay. because as we migrate the language, you know, the language degenerates and all of those things. From what I know, <coughs> Uh, we came from, you know, from Yemen through to Borno, and then down down to our present abode right now. And then we share a lot of relationships with our kingsmen. You know, there are people that we call uh, Jabpoop and Jamnun as culturally known. So I I might not have a perfect uh, I, don't, I might not have perfect dates for the history of our people. I understand it, but um, we. It's just a good number of tribes that move together that form up this, uh, you know, the quarter of our stock. <clears throat> and as the Ngas tribe, we know that we came and then uh, we settled. We settled in Kanam, then uh, Gyangyang. Then we also settled in Gyangyang in Kanke before everybody started moving according to clans. And then here we are now. Okay. So, um, um, can you like relate this history of the Ngas people to any other culture? Because it seems like um, most of the cultures in the Middle Belt have striking similarities, aside their language and their cultural beliefs, like their migration. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that uh, most of them have exhibit the same migratory skills. Yes. So yes. Is it almost same for the rest of them? Not just no. plateau state languages. Now, I won't, I won't really know, okay. particularly for the rest, but even in the Plateau State, there are languages that don't belong to the Kwarafa stock, okay. like, the Congo, like... like the Congo Benue tribes, that uh, falls okay. under the category, uh, okay. you know, Miango, uh, Pengana, 
you know that's their own classification and i don't have so much history about their migration and the rest okay but our migration history is tied to you know the gamay people the Mughal people that even up to date you see a relationship even in the language yeah. you know with the mushiri people around people uh, mupun people where they have similar words like pan and shark yes. you see it goes round yes. mut that's dead yes. it goes round you know nen so ngas people call god nen okay. and the other tribes call the god call god nan and there some people have two n um two a yes so nan nan you know and all of those things so you okay. see that it's from the migration that the language changes okay. and all of those things so the similarity <laughs> always comes from the same classification of language as seen up to date okay okay so It's quite evident that these languages were were really brothers and sisters in the yes. in, in the early times before mm-hmm. said migration. So um, another question is: lately, there has been a lot of discourse on social media about emancipation of the Middle Belt region, the the, the Middle Belt region, the, the people of the Middle Belt want people to respect them for who they are. Yeah. or what they choose to be called yeah. so I, i really want to know what's your take on that as someone that has traveled far and wide within the middle class i've met people from different tribes different cultures what is your take on this discourse all right so apart from traveling uh, you know the <clears throat> middle belt uh, region to talk about cultural practices and the rest i've also been opportunity to travel around the country I've been to 21 states out of the 36. Okay. I'm mostly That's rich. Yeah, I'm mostly southwest, south south. And um I'm almost I'm always seen as Hausa. Yes. In all these regions. Yeah, I can and relate. That. And then you know, the because Hausa is a common language yes. even for us in this region because of the closeness. Then I I have to tell them that I'm Ngas by tribe. And they be like what is Ngas? You it's know, not popular. So Ngas is not popular. It's a minority language. Yeah. So I have to explain to them that when you come to the north, as as written in the constitution, yes. the north central, what do you have? You have a lot of tribes, ranging from Tif, Jukun, Idoma, Ngas, a whole lot of them. And in my state alone, we have 54 ethnic nationalities. And yes, I don't expect you to know, but you should at least seek for knowledge to know that make an attempt make an, make an attempt make an effort now i feel that is what's happening on social media okay it is true that we are not hausa we are ngas people but we understand hausa because even when you come back to the structure of languages in plato state even in the minority there's another minority sect okay. yes that's why you have the ngas language with other languages around such as the mupun chip uh tal fair kadun yeah, you know a building and the rest but they do understand the gas language but the gas doesn't understand their language so it's a similar thing with you know the hausa language and the minority languages of the middle belt so the minority languages understand hausa and can speak hausa to a certain extent but the hausa people don't understand the middle belt language then Now what I feel is the clamor of the Middle Belt languages is to be recognized as individual nations independent of the Hausa language. Yes. 
because why? When it comes to the classification of languages, classified as Hausa, mm-hmm. when there's already a classification of languages written on the language map of this country, I think since 1923 or thereabout, and I saw it in the Gigi Bharti, who is an ardent historian, that there is a classification of language even for uh, the Middle Belt languages. That is where we have the Kwarafa people, the Congo Benue people, yes, are classified under these languages, not even as Hausa. But because of the closeness of the region and the rest, and how politics has come into our space, you know, they're not classified as Hausa. And it's so bad seeing it on social media on how we go back and forth on this issue. Fact is, we are not Hausa. We don't even have Hausa names. Yes. <laughs> so, because we, we have our tribal names, we have our festivals, we have our practices, we have our, we have our deep religion practice, yes. you know, in both embedded into, you know, the, the traditions that forms the Guarafa people. Because the Guarafa people, particularly, they have their types of cap. Yes. And the color and their traditional <clears throat> colors. The other color is blue, the navy blue. And then the cap is mostly black. But for the Ngas people, they also wear blue caps and the black cap all at the same time. And so, and then it identifies and sets us out as Kwarafa people. And that is our identity. So uh, for the issue of social media, yes, I have my own take. My own take is that the struggle for the middle belt should not just be political. Yes. Because a lot of people are moving towards the political, to, towards the political angle. Yes. While personally, I'm looking at it more from the traditional and cultural aspect that we as a people have our own cultures and our traditions to preserve. Yes. Okay, that's, that's quite rich. And thank you for adding your voice yes. to the Mizu Belt Emancipation Clamour. Now, um, about these languages in the Middle Belt that we have agreed as far as the Nigerian state is concerned, mm-hmm. they are the minority language. Because in fact, as a, uh, in fact, as a matter of fact, we only have the Hausa, the Igbo, and the Yoruba. They are two major languages. Yeah. Every yes. other language mm. literally falls like Shekiri falls like under the Yoruba people. Mm. Like they have these similarities in their yes. and some languages in south, 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 especially rivers. Mm. They kind of like fall under the Igbos. Yeah. So let's talk about these minority languages. In fact, in the entirety of Nigeria. Okay. Now I. I always say this whenever I have the chance. Mm. I always say this, like, um, according to a 2006 study yes. by UNESCO. In fact, this is one of the major factors that that pushed for parrot. Mm. You see, uh, some of 29 languages as a 20, 2006, sorry, were declared extinct by UNESCO, and 29 more are suffering the risks mm. of. Of extinction. In fact, when I checked that list, I I literally believed it in one take because I had never heard of any of those tribes yes. except one. And the one I knew was quite dear to me, the Fiam language of the Gindri mm. people, because I have Gindri yeah. is part of my yeah. history, personal as a person. Mm. And I kind of felt like okay, I know Fiam people, but I asked myself, how many Fiam people do I know? By their fear names, I can't count five as at the time. I can't. I, I can't even count five. And I stayed in their land mm. at least 
for six years and I've been going back at least twice a year. I don't even know, I don't even know how they greet in their language, but I know how the Biram people greet, I know how the Tarab people, I know how the Yoruba, Igbo, the Jukun people, I know how they greet because I met them, the Thief people, because I met them like yes. a little spot. Yeah. These people have been with them my entire growing up. Mm. So it kind of felt personal to me that these languages are dying. And now the point here is if everybody is focusing more on the outside Igbo Yoruba, everybody's under them, everybody wants to wants to just identify with them. Mm. What do you think is the fate of these minority languages? Let's say from now All right. to the next 50 years. So the fate of this virtual language is slim. It's quite slim. So the survival fate. The survival fate. Okay. It's not like they're not existing, but what is the, the chances of the number of people that do speak those languages and practice their norms and traditions? Now I could I we share the same background with Genji and the fame uh, people. Chief Dom. The fame Chief Dom. Yes. I I have a I have an understanding from the point of history where religion really affected the, yes, the people. True. Now, the, the place is mixed, you know very well, yes. that there is a strong level of Christianity. And at the same level again, I would say there's a strong level of Islam. Yes. And they have found a way to live peacefully. And it's so beautiful. Yes. But you see a family like, and we know how it is here in Plateau State, Nigeria. Yeah, every family you know, with an imam and a pastor. And a pastor yes. in the same family. Yes. And they do attend each other's weddings, Thanksgiving, you know, Walima, that coming together, yes. you know, that Muslims do during Salah and everything. Now, I feel religion played a major role in making this particular uh, try go extinct and to be honest i just realized that i don't i don't know <coughs> how fair people greet even after spending you know such a good number of years in in Gindi. i also bring into context the bogon people of Kanam local government yes and i've recently i've seen effort by the people i've seen intentional efforts by the people from that region to also safeguard their languages by, by having tribal names, particularly, yes. and then naming themselves after their villages. Because we have names like, uh, you know, somebody, Gagga is a village, Gagi is a village, Gibbon uh, is a village, you understand? And, and the rest. So it helps them keep their heritage and the rest. And they also hold uh, festivals with competitions, you know, around those conversations. But I'll be proud to say that, okay, if he's talking about extinction, that is one of the last tribes to go down through history. Why? Because our people still hold on to these practices and, you know, have conversations around language. Just this year, we launched the Ngas Institute of Language. Okay. Here in Pashin, with over 50 stories and poems in Ngas language. As you know, rich as... Yes. And quite educational. Yes, to be incorporated in, you know, the National Association of Gas Students extramural lessons for other people to learn. And then, you know, the gas educational fund. So for cultures and tradition or languages that are slowly getting extinct, they should look at means that would help them stay. Because the fate of most of these minority languages is that 
they have a lesser number of people speaking the language and then there's also influence of the west there's also influence of uh, modernization and then there's influence of religion yes also the influence of dominance of the other languages which is quite painful and that's one of the things that we have as issues within the middle belt that some languages feel like because they have the numbers they can oppress the other languages i wouldn't say here because <laughs> it's it's public opinion yes, and then a lot of people know but you know when it comes to issue of languages tribe a lot of people can come with their sentiments and attack back yes but to be honest there are languages that oppress the other language because probably they have the number and then they have existing uh, you know practices yes. that can clearly overshadow okay i, I can i can give example with Pusdum, yes, for instance yes, i'm an gasman i give example with Pusdum, for instance and then Pusdum can overshadow like <laughs> 10 other cultural festivals that is being done around that region and then even you know uh the the, the speaking of the language because you, you realize that when the other minority languages that are close to the Ngas community come to speak their language to Ngas people, Ngas people don't understand. Yes. But when the Ngas people speak back to them, to them, they understand. And they're in forced to learn the language of the Ngas people. And then, you know, then politically, yes, there's also stress of oppression. So because we have the number, we can be where we are and then promote our language more. So if you don't belong to this tribe, you're just out there. So the extinction is coming in various factors. One, we are looking at uh, modernization. Mm-hmm. Two, we are looking at religion. Three, we are looking at oppression, politically and even otherwise. And then also, I feel the solution to all of this problem is to find ways to curate these languages and itemize them like technologically you know there are various ways now to you know uh, keep the language we like Ngas we have Ngas Bible we have the Ngas dictionary we have the Ngas literature text okay you know we have like when I was growing up I had access to uh, a book that has that, that was written by the Golan Gocha it's late now about the parts of the body that was where I learned how to speak. So I feel the elites within those tribal sure. space, language space, should look for ways to contribute to positively to their own language to see that it doesn't go extinct. If not, all of these languages will slowly fade. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. And also as extra, mm. I also want to believe that one of the key factors, one of the major solutions rather, mm to the preservation of these languages. And one of the issues self is, I think it's us being negligent of our tribes. Because yeah. when we grew up, we had this culture of shame. Yes. Right, this loud yeah, culture of shame. Mm. Like, okay, <laughs> even if it's, there's no oppression, growing up, they tell you that your language is vernacular. Don't it's speak un- vernacular. Yeah, it's an, too, offensive, you know? it's an offensive term as far as I'm mm. concerned. So, only English was the official language yes. and English showed that you are educated. educated. Even though we are currently yeah. doing this in English because mm. after all it's our lingua, lingua yes. franca as Nigerians. And it's also for global you know, yeah, global, or, or audience. Global audience. Yeah. Yeah, people are listening mm. that are not even Nigerians. But, but the point here is we grew up with shame. Yes. Like some people did not even like their own 
native names because <laughs> I won't lie. They preferred JD. I won't lie. Why, why, why I can relate to this was when I was growing up, I had the opportunity to know how to speak my language better than now. Yes. But because of shame. Shame. Now, just when you are saying it, I realized. So, I, I intentionally began to learn how to speak in gas in 2019 well, as an because adult. because I felt there is a need. But when I was a kid. I, I don't even like my mom speaking, you know. Yeah. It was I, I don't I, I'm actually demeaning. actually regret it. I yes. actually regret that word. You know, when when I was a kid, I don't like my mom speaking uh, yeah. language I, to me in public. It was it was you know? I don't know how it started. Yes, but it, I don't know but, how. But it was actually so our we'll, reality. We will go out. My mom will speak to me in language. I would do like that. But I, but I understand every word going yeah. on. But I don't know how to speak well. Yes. So in 2018, I realized that I needed to know how to speak this language very well. Yes. Then I I became intentional about learning yeah. the language and to this moment. But I would have spoken better yes. if as a kid I allowed myself to speak more. Yes. You know. True. I think so what I think is if you can remove that culture of shame by yes. being intentional. We are we are now the mm. next generation. Yes. We are now the adult mm. and we should learn to encourage our younger ones, our children to to speak the languages. There yeah. is no shame about it. The Englishman is not ashamed of English. English. The Frenchman, the Russian man is not afraid. I of think you're even going for look at the, the Yoruba people. people. The Igbo people, they are you, not you, ashamed. You watch your whole movie, movie in Yoruba, whole and you enjoy movie. it. In Yoruba, you enjoy it. Yeah, Igbos too, they do you that. Know, Igbos, how sad too. Yeah, you do that a lot. Like, you go to African magic, you see... So, I, I feel, why would... In short, to be honest with you, these are these are some of the reasons that uh, we came up with the Sombi Africa, yes. you know, idea. Because we, we were having this conversation on Twitter some sometime last year with a group of people when... Uh, no, yes, this year or last year when Anik Lapo like dropped, dropped. Yeah, the, the movie and then i was impressed i began to talk about it on social media then uh, we have one, our stories one of our friends one of my friends said okay why can't we do this also in Plato state yes you know with our own languages because it is it is true and it is true that yoruba people are propagating their culture because in the, in the next whatever years yoruba, yoruba language will still be standing yes they have the numbers but I feel that technology will also give us an edge yes. to do that. We did a program in Butura land, Butura here in Bokos, Plateau State. And the run language in Butura is being studied in Germany. You see? So what are the chances of run as a language going extinct? Because I saw a German speak run back to me. I've done projects, I've seen an Englishman speaking gas back to me. Why? Because these cultures, this group, they have made concerted efforts to make sure that they propagate their culture. I remember when I was in Fatima, well, I, that was the elementary school I went to. A Reverend Father, Reverend Father John Moore, he came, he led a mass in gas. <laughs> you know? That's a white man. That's a white man. He led a mass in gas. He led mass in Hausa, and, and then we were like, oh. And then we see how people love our cultures in various ways, and then we are bringing in the shame culture. Yes, it's, it's actually it's like, it's actually crazy. It's actually yes. crazy. But the, the whole point of this thing is, you see, um, when you mentioned technology, mm. I think that is that is what yes. what Parrot aims to do. Yeah, Parrot aims mm. to leverage to, on yes, leverage on, yes to bring in. Okay, you want to learn a language? Mm. Okay, we have a syllabus for you to learn. If you don't want to even learn, you can listen to 
podcast. Yes. You can listen to this podcast, mm. follow this uh, this show. Yes. And we are going to talk more, not just about the culture, not about the mm. history. We are going to even teach you these languages. Uh, yes. Yeah. Then also, we are, we are going to provide a platform for you to learn, to even meet tutors, people that can speak these languages, Very so that you well. have a one-on-one lesson with these people. Mm. And also, remember that no matter how much you know your language, no matter how much you know your culture, no matter how much you practice it, if you don't pass it down to your child, to the next door neighbor, if you don't pass it down to the next generation, it's just like wealth I'm going to die with you. Yeah. It's like knowledge. You have it in your head, you don't pass it, it's useless. It's going to die with you. So we urge you to, first of all, be intentional about learning these languages. It's possible, it's easy. The human brain is amazing. You can learn these languages within a very short span of time. Mm. and we know you can do it so from us we say thank you for staying with us and we appreciate our guest mr yeah. launa yewada thank you very Sumbi much africa mm. thank you very much thank you our dear listeners and we hope to catch you on our next episode and now it's bye from me